Welcome to the Thriving Wellness Podcast, where we encourage and empower everyone to live their lives up to their true potential and share valuable conversations that are translated into action steps for the lifestyle that makes you thrive. Here are your hosts, Ryan and AJ. Hey folks, welcome back to the Thriving Wellness Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Kennedy, and I'm really excited about my guest on today's show. You see, many people are beginning to realize that our modern medical system is amazing for acute trauma care and certain aspects of treating illness, but when it comes to nutrition, lifestyle, and many natural modalities, it doesn't have a whole lot to offer people. And sadly, due to the pharmaceutical industry's influence, many prescription drugs are really designed to manage disease and not actually cure or reverse it. So you're dependent on these drugs long-term and they could have various harmful side effects. So I'm going to be discussing this topic in more depth, as well as many other things on today's show with my guest, Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald, who is a board-certified anesthesiologist who left her practice of conventional medicine to help coach people on how to become healthier and happier. She teaches them how to create a truly healthy lifestyle and uses her large social media platforms on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram to help educate her followers on how to feed the minds, body, and soul and make lasting changes. She privately coaches those that desire extra guidance um, with their health and wellness goals, and she really works with people all over the world. So, Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'd love for you to describe your journey in healthcare and why you decided to leave your medical practice and go into health and fitness coaching. It it still blows people's minds. Um, I currently right now, 39 years old, and I am one of those people that knew I wanted to be a doctor from early age. I even graduated high school early. So I knew that the whole path was going to be 12 years. So I started undergrad at University of Texas in Austin at the ripe old age of 17. And I knew that plus 12 years, I would be 29 years old by the time I was all said and done. I mean, I literally, I, I knew I wanted to be a doctor from, you know, pretty early age, early teenage years. And um, I definitely, I will tell you this, that my views of medicine, views of health, and views of um, specialties that are outside of Western medicine, like naturopathic medicine or chiropractic medicine, um, I definitely had different viewpoints growing up than I do now. Um, But I, I got out of medicine um, only after practicing medicine for six years. So I, um, at 29, I, I had my first private practice at an atypical place. I was practicing medicine in Japan. My ex-husband was in the Air Force. So we moved overseas and I was basically taking care of overall healthy people, active duty in their families and, um, you know, didn't really see the, the stereotypical American patient until three years later when we moved back to the States and we moved to good old Oklahoma City. And I don't know if you've been to Oklahoma, but <laughs> there's, oh, uh, great people, but um, there's a lot of, of diseases and obesity and diabetes and all of the um, lifestyle conditions that could have been prevented. And and so I found myself in the OR putting people to sleep and literally thinking, oh, if only I could have gotten to them years ago because I have always been into health and fitness. I I started teaching group fitness when I was like 16. Um, I was a dancer, so it kind of just went hand in hand. And I've always been that person that people would go to for advice when it comes to being healthy because I had learned how to create a healthy lifestyle early in life, seeing my parents do it. It just kind of happened naturally. So I I got to to Oklahoma and literally found myself just 
feeling like I wish that I could have helped them out so that they wouldn't be here. And then this is where I just realized that I was putting a Band-Aid over a lot of the, the medical conditions that in which I was putting people to sleep on, right? I wasn't, I was helping them get through surgery, obviously, which oftentimes was needed, but many times not. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> but, um, but the fact is that I started to realize that um, if I really am in my purpose, I, I would prefer to help people not get into the OR and need OR services. There will always be a need for surgeons and the OR staff, um, but there are so many people that um, if they would have chosen a healthy lifestyle and to learn those healthy habits early in life, they could have prevented whatever it was that caused them to have surgery. So that's when I kind of started to learn about how to heal the body naturally. And this was not something that we were taught in medical school. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, it's not a, a secret anymore, but traditional Western medicine, um, we get minimal to zero nutrition in medical school. I, I personally got zero. I went to University of Texas in San Antonio. And um, I mean, I, I remember learning basic macronutrients like fat, protein, and carbohydrates, but, but that's about it. And um, when I was following the advice that I was giving to everyone else that was coming to me over the years, and it wasn't working for me, that is when I finally stopped to think, okay, it, I'm doing, I know that I am controlling everything that I'm eating, exercising, I'm following the low fat diet, I'm, I'm eating five to six times a day, um, I'm, I'm exercising, I'm doing HIIT, I was weight training, like I was doing everything that the books tell you to do. And I was still struggling with my weight. And um, I've got a, a pretty large YouTube channel called Club Fitz Fitness because my last name is Fitzgerald. And um, so when you're at, at my class, you feel like you're at the club. So you, I was filming a video for my channel. And um, this was one of the, the viral videos. You know, it hit a million views really fast. It was turned down for what? And at that moment in time, I'm 33, almost 34 years old. And I was teaching four really killer classes a week. I was at the gym literally five to six days a week. I was following low fat nutrition, everything that, you know, I was taught was supposed to be happening. And my midsection, like I, it, there, it made no sense why I didn't look like I was an amazing physique. And that was when I really started to dive into the fact that, okay, <laughs> there's got to be something else that I'm missing. And, and that is the beginning. Honestly, the, um, I'm sure, you know, Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Coffee. Oh Yeah. That was actually the first book I read, and I've since read so hundreds of books since. But um, really, just kind of learning what you guys in naturopathic medicine learned from the get-go, to be honest. And and so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an amazing story, and it's always so nice to hear from a physician who's had that wake-up call because so many fall into this trap of using the conventional paradigm and kind of the modern system and. It's true. Like you said, it really doesn't address the root cause. It really doesn't help people prevent these illnesses. It's no. more of a disease management system than it is a healthcare system. Absolutely. And so I've diverted my focus similar to yours. And my backstory is somewhat similar in that I saw the problems with modern medicine early on. Both my parents had cancer and unfortunately my mom passed away. And, and it is fascinating to me to look back and see her oncologist telling her what you eat doesn't matter. You know, oh. be sure to eat lots of ice cream and fattening sugar, <laughs> sugary foods and this horrible meal replacement shake because you need to keep your weight on. 
and these horrible, horrible recommendations, which at the time we didn't know any better. No, As I've come no. to learn, that's completely ludicrous. Yeah. And it's always so nice to chat with someone like yourself that's discovered that shifted paths in their career to really help people get well and really help people who are not sick yet get, you know, prevent illness. Cause that's exactly. what it's all about. Exactly. And the people that are on the path of becoming sicker, reverse it and keep it in remission. You know, that's, that's the thing. I, I literally, so much of my social media is to inform the, the unknowing poor people out there that just don't know. I mean, like it, it makes me angry hearing your story because, um, that, and that, that's the, the reality of today, especially there's a lot of money in cancer. <laughs> and if, if people realized that so much of the cancer that we are facing today could have been prevented or could be cured naturally, the cancer industry would go down. There'd be billions, if not trillions of dollars lost. But, it, you know, we have to get the word out because that's the only way that people are going to realize like, okay, educate yourself because this is your health. And if you, if your gut is telling you, um, I think that there's got to be something else. Get a second opinion. I've, I've just had three people in my DMs on Instagram just in the last hour tell me a story similar where their doctor basically was like, like one person said that I'm having brain fog and I, I'm really just, I'm having a hard time functioning. I'm wondering, I, she literally set the doctor up for success. I'm wondering if it's my nutrition. No, we're just going to increase your dose and we're going to see you back in six months. And she literally fired the doc and walked out. And I was like, yes, <laughs> empowering. <laughs> yes. And that's the way to do it. And that's what you need to remember is that you're in control of your own health. These yeah. doctors work for you and yeah, you can't absolutely. just take everything they say without questioning it because your health is in your own hands at the, yeah. at the end of the day. And that's what's important for people to realize is that you need to educate yourself. You need to make your own decisions. And then of course, there's always going to be a time and place for, med for modern medicine. I absolutely. mean, I've had horrible injuries where I've needed surgery and I'm so glad for the right? technology and the skilled yes. surgeons. And there is a time and place for that. But when it comes to chronic illness and when it comes to actual health, when it comes to maintaining good health and having a high quality of life, it's not exactly the first place people should turn. No. And luckily, thanks to social media and the internet, people are becoming more aware of this. And the message is getting out to people and more and more people are waking up to this fact that, hey, nutrition and lifestyle is the most important factors. And this is the stuff that I need to take into my own hands or work with a qualified natural health practitioner or a coach yep. or someone that can guide me with these recommendations so that I don't have to ever go see a medical doctor or a surgeon or go through some of these treatments that have so many horrible side effects. Well, let's, I mean, let's just talk about diabetes alone. I mean, type two specifically. And I, when I talk about diabetes, I always make sure that people understand the difference between type one and type two. Type one, literally the pancreas stops using it, they're producing insulin. So this, these rules don't apply to type one diabetics, but type two diabetics are the type that used to be called adult onset. And now it's just called type two because we see it literally in all ages. I remember because San Antonio is where I did my medical school and residency and it's got a huge um, Hispanic population and the diabetes is out of control. In fact, a lot of the diabetes research comes from San Antonio because it's such a prevalent problem. I remember I was in PD endocrine clinic and there was this kid that, no kidding, he was three years old and he weighed almost a hundred pounds. I remember having to 
squat literally to pick him up to put him on the the exam table and it just like and he had type 2 diabetes already and and this is a condition that i wish that people would be able to come in to hospitals and just see for their own eyes what end stage just diabetes alone looks like it's it's a I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I mean, talk about a slow, painful death. You, you, you start by losing feeling in your fingers and your toes, and, and then you start losing toes and then your feet, and um, you have silent heart attacks. You lose your vision. You have silent strokes. Um, like It's essentially like your insides are slowly rotting away because your body is not used, it's, you're not, your body's not supposed to see that much sugar, but this insulin resistance just keeps getting worse. And by the time that you start to have these symptoms, it's too late. And that's why people like you and me need to get the message out before they get to that place. Because if they're somewhere on that, that spectrum of, you know, day one of being pre-diabetic to the, the time that they're full-blown, like they have end-stage disease, we can catch them before they get to that end-stage disease and reverse that and, and keep that in remission with a healthy lifestyle. I just, I don't think people quite understand how powerful that is, you know? No, you're spot on. And that's where it really upsets me, where there's a lack of informed consent. Because oh, there's, yes. there's always going to be a subgroup of the population who just won't change their diet. They won't True. eat better. They won't exercise. They won't live in a healthier way. And they want pills. People, yeah, using some metformin or some sort of medication isn't the worst thing in the world because that's the choice and the path they've chosen to go on. But what right. upsets me is that rather than the physician telling their patient, listen, you have a couple options here. We could change up your diet. We could treat this naturally. We could reverse your insulin resistance by cutting out all the sugars and starches and starting to get you on some healthier lifestyle practices. Or we have this other option with medications and side effects where we could try and manage it. But they don't ever give you the former option. They don't. No. And, and it's upsetting because oh, yeah. a lot of times they're not allowed to. They could be charged with malpractice by trying oh, yeah. to tell their patients. And this is something I'm sure you could speak to from personal experience. <laughs> One of the many reasons I don't practice medicine anymore. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't believe in the, the standard of care for a lot of the, the practices in medicine anymore. I mean, just prophylactic antibiotics. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Like I, it, I have to be like losing a limb if I'm going to even think about taking an antibiotic now that I know what it does to my gut. Right. But we didn't think, tw we don't think twice about giving people prophylactic antibiotics without any, it, it's just, don't even get me started. <laughs> I know. No, trust me. I, I know exactly. There are a lot of soapboxes that I can get on today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's important we discuss this because there are people sure. out there that don't even understand that antibiotics wreck your microbiome and it takes <sighs> years and years to try and recover. And, you know, I've actually, so I, I was in, on a surf trip in Mexico recently and I completely sliced my finger open and I was in Mexican water <sighs> surfing. And that, so I go into a clinic to get some stitches and, you right. know, the, the doctor there who stitched me up says, you have to take these antibiotics. I said, why? I, you know, we cleaned it out well. I'm a healthy guy. There's right. zero infection at the moment. Right. And, and I've got a good immune system. Yeah, exactly. If anything, I might try some oil of oregano or colloidal silver, some sort of natural alternative right. that's not going to destroy all the good bacteria in my gut. Yeah. And he, he looked at me and just said, you know what? You could just take a probiotic with those antibiotics and you will have zero <sighs> issues. And I told him the analogy I love. And oh it's like... It's comparing, it would be like if you said, let me just drop a nuclear bomb on the rainforest and decimate everything. Yeah. And then just throw a few critters back in and expect them to thrive. <laughs> 
And it's like, dude, it doesn't work like that. No, no. You can't just take some probiotic and the one he was recommending was garbage anyways. Of course. And expect it to repopulate your gut the same way it was before the antibiotics. And like you said, if it's a dire situation, antibiotics have saved many, many lives. I'm not saying they're all bad, but when you go to a a physician with the sniffles and you got a cold, which by the way is a virus, not even a bacteria illness. (laughs) I had a dollar for every time I had the speech. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then they just dole out antibiotics like they're candy. It's ridiculous. I'm just shaking my head like, well, no wonder you have all these digestive issues and you're dealing with a whole slew of problems because you've completely wiped out your microbiome and by taking all these different rounds of unnecessary antibiotics. I just read a study just the other day that um, after just one round of clindamycin, it takes four years to regain your gut biome. <laughs> four years from one antibiotic. And even it, then, it's probably never quite the probably same. Probably not. Probably not. Especially these kids. I mean, I, I know myself, I had multiple ear infections and I can only imagine how many antibiotics that I was put on. Um, you know, one thing though that it, it sucks because I don't believe that anyone that goes into Western medicine is there. Like, I, I believe that everyone goes for altruistic purposes, but you get so into it and so far into it and into debt, let's not forget about how much it costs just to go to medical school alone. So the average MD or DO that gets out of Western medicine, medical school owes like $250,000, $300,000. So now you're faced with this after putting those loans on hold for a residency, whether it be three or five or however many years, depending on specialty. Um, now you have a, a private practice physician with all of this debt and this insurance that basically forces you to only be able to spend 12 minutes per patient. There's just no way, like you're, you're setting doctors up for failure too. And not to mention, we're not taught, we're taught how to put band-aids on stuff with prescription medicines, procedures, and surgeries. So it's the system, you know, like we were talking before um, we started filming was you, your side of medicine and my side of medicine need to join forces, but I don't, I don't foresee how that's going to happen <laughs> because there's so much um, money and corrupt, corruption and, and big pharma insurance companies um, and even government. I mean, uh, are, no one else is interested in your health And if you don't take interest in your health, no one else will. I promise you that. It's certainly the case. And I'm I'm glad you brought that point up because it's it is true. Most doctors mean well. They aren't trying to hurt you. They aren't trying to do harm by you. They're doing what they've been taught. And it's more of a a fault of the system and the medical system that they've been trained under, which is largely funded by the pharmaceutical companies who have this, like you mentioned, this interest in people getting sick. If everyone were healthy they would all go bankrupt. The billions and billions of dollars they receive would not be coming in. So they have zero interest in helping you avoid disease for the rest of your life. That's not a part of their business plan. No. So you have to go back to the money and it's not like some conspiracy theory. I mean, this, you just have to look at it from a logical point of view. This all makes sense. It's real. Have you, have you heard of Nina Teicholtz? 
Absolutely. Her book, The Big oh, Fat Surprise, yes. is one of the greatest books ever written yes. on animal protein. I, and fats I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I got to interview her for my podcast, The Fits and Healthy Show. And she um, she's amazing. For your listeners that haven't read her book, or li- I'm an audiobook person, so haven't listened to her book, I highly recommend Big Fat Surprise. Um, but she address- she's a investigative journalist, but she is a, a, a scientific food investigative journalist. She's not just any regular one. And this woman spent 10 years going, she probably has read more research papers than the average doctor, to be honest. And, and that's the thing that so many people don't understand is just because there's research and I say air quote research behind something that doesn't mean anything. And I, I realized quickly is that you have to really dig deep to see who funded studies because whoever paid for that study, I promise you the outcome will benefit them financially. And, uh, you know, I was just <laughs> on my Instagram. So on, on uh, Wednesdays, I take people shopping with me to the grocery store and I try and teach them different ingredients to look for, to stay away from and whatnot. And um, I, I try and answer questions from my DMs, right? So someone asked me about dog food. And so I'm not a vet by any means. I don't claim to know vet, you know, research or whatever, but I... I know how I feel eating grain-free. And if you put a dog out in the wild, I have two dogs, they're my babies. Um, But if you put a dog out in the wild, they're carnivores and they eat meat and they'll eat grass, but they don't eat grains. So it just makes sense to me to to give them a diet that is grain-free. And so I, I said that and I had like a handful of vets send me this research from the FDA and I was like, look, <laughs> one, I don't trust the FDA. <laughs> and, and, and two, it's kind of like when I remember when I was in um, medical school, there was a huge study that came out that essentially said every single person on the planet would benefit from taking a statin. And I was literally, I was super healthy mid-20s and I was this close to getting on a statin because that study said that. Now, of course, the current me wants to slap the old me like, <laughs> really? But you you have to always question what who who's behind who pays for everything because that is where the root of the evil is it's so true you got to follow the money and on that point of corrupt research even research studies that show one thing can be totally misconstrued and they they can pivot the outcomes to really favor their position and these statisticians can really just confuse people all together it's insane and when you dive into the research and you hear you read this headline and you actually look at the study you're like this is this doesn't make any sense this is completely taken out of context and it's so misleading to the public and like you said about the dog food i did a lot of research on this when i got my dog and oh did you yeah it's so true and it it also goes back to human food you know a lot of the recommendations that are being taught to dietitians all go back to the big big food conglomerates because guess who's funding the dietetics program General Mills, yep. Kellogg, all yep. these big food conglomerates that have very, very, um, you know, direct agendas oh, yeah. for people to eat more oh, grains, completely. for people to eat more of this starch and more of this processed garbage, because that's where all their profits are coming from. That well, they they are the ones behind the the common belief that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You must eat first thing when you wake up and you must eat every five to six hours. Otherwise, you're going to slow down your metabolism. I believed that crap forever. I, and I, I just, I, 
I shake my head because it doesn't make sense. And, and that's the thing. I think we're complicating it. If we go back to the way, I mean, humans have been on this earth for two and a half million years. We haven't always had grocery stores. We haven't always had these food manufacturing companies that come up with fake ingredients and, and chemicals to put in our food. Let's get back to the way humans have have eaten forever, the human diet, you know, it, not any kind of paleo, vegan, uh, high fat, low carb, keto, whatever, like humans have eaten meat, eaten vegetables, eaten seeds and, and nuts and, and fruit when it's in season, right? That's, that's exactly right. We evolved to eat wild animals and plants. That's yeah. the bottom line. And it, you know, agriculture didn't come around until extremely recently when you yes. look at the whole span of human history. And so there's yes. so many fallacies. And that's why I love this ancestral health movement, because yes. it's really identifying a lot of these things when you get back to human evolution and how we're programmed to eat, and how we're programmed to live. And it goes against all of the horrible <laughs> recommendations we've been getting for the last 50 or 60 years that when yep. you Put it in that light just seems like completely ludicrous. Another uh, good read on this is um, a Price, Dr. Weston Price's uh, work because I do some work with the Price Pottinger Nutrition Foundation. And when you look at his work, he went around the globe and studied all of these primitive populations who were in perfect health and identified yep. what they eat, how they lived. And it's like you said, it goes against all of these whole grains, eat so often. All that stuff just does not serve you in the long run. It's no. not conducive to good health. No, no, not at all. And and I think that the moment that people start to realize that, okay, stop listening to the the food pyramid, uh, what conventional bro science is, I mean, and and start getting back to the way humans have been eating. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting. I Intermittent fasting alone, because... For, for the listeners that aren't familiar, intermittent fasting helps with people with insulin resistance. And insulin resistance is like legit. I, I, don't, I don't even know what the current statistic is, how many percent of just Americans have it, but it's high. It's 100% higher than 50%. Um, and it, intermittent fasting is a great tool that is anyone can do. Pretty much anyone can do. There's a, a few people that, that shouldn't, but we're not going to talk about that today. But um, it's cheap. <laughs> it doesn't cost money. And anyone can fit an intermittent fasting lifestyle into it. Um, and, you know, just that, the concept of the first meal of the day is, is definitely important. But what time you eat it is also important. And you do not have to eat first thing in the morning. Kellogg's and GM want you to believe that because they'll, they know that you'll eat their, their fake foods that will create cravings and you'll be hungry an hour later because you're filling your food, your, your belly full of food that's fake. And it, it creates this terrible cycle that leads to obesity, disease, cancers, autoimmune disorders, and just the current health crisis that we see. And it really is a vicious cycle because by eating these starches and sugars and processed foods in the morning, it's addictive. And it really oh, yeah. does set your brain and body up to crave these foods throughout the day. And it makes it very, very hard to then turn around and get out of that trap. And so yep. it's important to realize, like you mentioned, intermittent fasting is a great tool where you're you just, you're having a time uh, restricted eating window throughout the day. So you're not eating from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, because it's insane how many people do that and think, oh, I got to eat breakfast. So let me grab this croissant or this muffin or this bagel at Starbucks with my big old coffee, yep. as though that's going to help you. Right. And then it, it just, it's a cascade effect. And it, it's so sad to see people falling into this trap of thinking that's the best way to do it. When in reality, not eating anything at all, like you mentioned, 
is the cheapest and money saving yeah. strategy that anyone can implement. Because I will admit, some health healthy foods and some healthy lifestyle habits do cost money because yeah. our world has subsidized corn and wheat and soy and has made these junk foods so much cheaper than True. buying real whole fresh foods. But when it comes to fasting, there's no excuses. I mean, no. you will save money no matter what you're eating. You absolutely. Will, absolutely. You, it'll really improve your health. And like you mentioned on the insulin resistance, that's a, a great way, a great way to get your insulin under control, your blood sugar regulated and help prevent a lot of these chronic diseases that people are suffering from. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Jason Fung. He's kind of the, the end-all be-all with fasting. So he is this nephrologist in Canada um, who was traditionally, you know, Western medicine. He's an MD. Um, and he realized that what, because most of his patients are end-stage renal disease from diabetes. And so most of his patients are, have out of control type 2 diabetes. And um, he realized that what he was taught in medical school was not making them any better. It was just kind of putting a bandaid over and just delaying the progression of it. And there was never, I mean, I know for sure in medical school, I was not taught that type two would, could be reversed. I know that I was taught to, you know, tell them to, to exercise and eat healthy, but you know, what, what eat healthy means from, you know, ugh. I mean, I, I think of the, I, when I had patients in the ICU and they were on a, a, a renal diet, you know, that we would give them these awful shakes called Nepro that are, you know, low in protein. So they're, you know, safe for kidney failure patients. And I mean, I've looked at the ingredients since I know what I do now. And it just makes me ill because it's, it's just making them sicker. And, you know, I can tell you how I can make anyone fat. I can give them insulin, right? So you're telling me that the best way to treat a patient who has type two diabetes is to give them more of the thing that they have too much of, like it just doesn't make sense. And so Dr. Jason Fung was the first person to really use fasting, going against the grain, taking a risk, honestly, that, you know, not standard of care because there, there will never be a study that, <laughs> because these studies are expensive, there will never be an expensive, double-blinded, randomized controlled trial that the outcome shows something that no one can make money for. And no one can make money from fasting bottom line. Yep. It's so true. And that goes with so many natural health modalities, whether yes. it be herbs or superfoods or yep. natural supplements, or even just the healthy whole foods diet. It's hard to get good research done yeah. because the people funding all the research have interest in Absolutely. things that have nothing to do with those. Absolutely. They, they have no interest in you being healthy. I'll just put that out there. They have interest in making money. Yep. Yeah. You know, health makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make a lot of dollars. No, it does not. It <laughs> does not. It does not. And that's, that's ultimately why I got out of, of practicing Western medicine is because I went to medical school because I did want to help people. And, you know, again, shout out to all of my Western medicine friends because there will always be a need. I mean, I had knee surgery like four years ago and I'm grateful for everyone that took care of me. Um, but for the people that are interested in learning how to regain control of their health and the ones that, that want to have hope that maybe I don't have to be on this purple pill the rest of my life, or maybe I don't have to be on this blood pressure medicine the rest of my life, or maybe I don't have to be on this multitude of diabetic medicine the rest of my life. I mean, do you realize like, I, I think that people have been convinced that a healthy lifestyle is more expensive, but in the long run, I promise you it's way cheaper. <laughs> it's so true. I, and I, I was reading something the other day 
looking at a family of four, it's low socioeconomic class that bought, that went to McDonald's and spent, you know, paid for to, to feed a whole family of four. I think it was like $28. But if you go and get a roasted chicken and get some vegetables and enough to feed the whole family, you're spending $14. But it takes time and it takes you going home and prepping some vegetables and whatnot. But like, yes, that some of the, the worst food at the grocery store is some of the cheapest because of the ingredients. But the fact is you can eat healthy and you don't have to break the bank because when you feed your body the food that it's supposed to have, it gets this information and all of a sudden you're not craving food an hour later and you're satiated for a good four to six hours because that's what, when you give your body the foods it's supposed to have, your hormones get really happy and all of a sudden the cravings go away and you have energy and your bowels start to work and like your body functions the way it was meant to and you're not constantly ruminating on food either. So. It's true. There's so many hidden costs to these low cost junk foods that people don't factor in. I mean, if you just look at the cost it's going to take for if you get sick, if you yes. have to be in the hospital, if you have to get on these medications, it's extraordinarily expensive, not only to your own wallet, but to the entire medical budget oh. of our country. I mean, when you look at that, it's outrageous. And people really need to factor that in because you're right. There are ways to eat really healthy foods that will save you money. Yep. The pro one of the problems is convenience and lack of information and knowledge because yeah. people have a hard time figuring out how to make healthy meals. And that's why I become so uh, into creating healthy recipes because that's kind of bridging that. the gap and creating this, this need where there's a missing link between yeah. telling someone like we're discussing like, yeah, eat some wild animals and some plants and good quality animal protein, healthy fats, but to right. take that information and put it into practice are two separate things. And so, so recipes really blend those together and help people navigate that journey where they can start to make these big, delicious, nourishing meals that last for several, several servings. Yes. So you have this meal prep and when you're buying foods in bulk, they're yes. way more affordable and they have this, a lot of the general public has this idea, well, man, if I'm going to eat healthy, you know how much it costs to go to Whole Foods and load up on these fancy things or Erwan or these fancy health food stores. It's like, you don't have to do that. No. No. That's not the only option. There's so many other ways to get nourishing foods into your body that will save you money from having from going to these fast food restaurants like McDonald's or Burger King. Absolutely. I can't remember the last time I went to either of those restaurants. Thank goodness. No, but it, like I, I'm very pleased because I know that Costco has started to, to bring a lot of organic options and healthier options, not just in their produce section, but on the shelves as well. Um, but also um, internet services like thrivemarket.com. I love the story of Thrive Market because it was started by a woman that was a single mom, but she wanted to... She, she created this business because she wanted people that had, you know, couldn't afford to eat healthy know that they can eat healthy. So Thrive Market's kind of like Costco crossed with Whole Foods. So they are only making money by your annual membership, but you're paying basically what they paid for the food. And it's all non-genetically modified. Um, they're, they're all stuff that are typically expensive if you go to Whole Foods or Sprouts or whatever. So it's, you know, you, you just you have to get the information out there and, and let people know that, okay, one, you have to acknowledge the fact I'm going to take action today and I'm going to start becoming healthier. And two, if you don't know how to do that, ask for help. I mean, there's, you know, so many opportunities for, you know, people to, to learn from you on your social media, mine, and, and there's a ton of great 
accounts out there that you can get a lot of free information. But, you know, that having someone that you can hire, like a coach, also helps people take their, their goals to the next level. It's so true. And there's a lot of hidden costs in trying to figure it out on your own. Because oh, yeah. like you mentioned, there are a lot of great free resources I send people to all the time. Great right. And great podcasts, great social media platforms. But at the end of the day, it is a, it can be complex because there's yeah. so many different ideologies. We're living in this information overload age oh, where people yeah. are bombarded with different opinions and they're, yep. they're confused. Yeah. And by trying to figure it out on your own, there's a huge opportunity cost and a huge hidden costs that people don't factor in. Whereas if they were to invest in themselves by hiring a coach like yourself, yep. they really expedite the learning curve. And by having more energy, balanced hormones, a higher quality of life, it has a serious return oh, in man. how you show up in the world and the amount of money you could make in your job and your career and your business. And people don't factor that in. They don't consider those things. Oh, All man. they see is the price point and they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. But right. the, the fact of the matter is, as I, I, I know you're aware, is by not investing in yourself, it's costing you so much more money, but yep. also time. And that's yep. our most valuable commodity. At the Amen. end of the day, if you're, if you're feeling lousy on a day-to-day -day basis and you're not happy with where you're at and you're dealing with depression or anxiety and those things can be reversed through dialing in your nutrition, dialing in your lifestyle practices and doing simple changes, but it can help so much to have a qualified coach or practitioner yeah. point you in the right direction and help you really get some guidance on your path. You know, I was actually just interviewed earlier today for another person's podcast and, and we talked about self-love. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think that that's my number one job when I work with clients is I, I teach them how to learn to love themselves because the, what they don't realize is that all of these, these unhealthy habits, their acts of just... If you... If you don't know how to take care of this temple that you're given, you get one body. You don't get, you get one life. You don't get a dress rehearsal. And if you don't take care of it now and learn how to love it fully, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, um, you're setting yourself up for not, not just losing money, but I mean, just a lifetime of just eh, mediocrity, yeah. you know? Just a poor quality of life. And that is the biggest cost of them all. Just yes. not, feeling, not feeling good on a daily basis, not performing well not having your brain work optimally, that's, those, those things are serious costs that need to be taken into consideration when you're talking about your health. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I, I want everyone listening to understand that you are supposed to love your life. And I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent, 24 seven, you know, every single second of the day, you're supposed to be, you know, happy Pollyanna, but for the most part, you're supposed to love your life. You're supposed to wake up and be happy that you have another day. And you're supposed to love the job that you go to. And you're supposed to love the people that you're around. And if you don't, you are the only person that can change that. And oftentimes that starts with you figuring out how to take care of you first so that you can be the best you. And then the world changes. I'm telling you, the world changes. It's life so is so beautiful. No, it's so true. I actually recorded a podcast recently all about mental health and how nice. your food choices and your lifestyle practices really dictate how you're going to feel on a daily basis from a mental health standpoint when you're so dealing true. with depression or anxiety or any, any types of negative thought patterns. A lot of times that is because your body's lacking the key amino acids and fatty acids to create those neurotransmitters. And you have imbalances in the gut where most of our brain chemicals like serotonin 
are made in the gut. Most people yeah. don't realize that, but by balancing the gut, you're actually going to improve your mental health. It's yep. all interrelated. And while yep. going to, for external help to a therapist can absolutely be helpful and uh, an important step for some folks, what I think is as important, if not more so, is addressing your underlying imbalances yeah. in the body. And by correcting those, it's amazing how many people I work with who come to me with a physical goal or a physical problem. Right. Right. And as we work towards reversing that, they're amazed at how much better they feel, how much more energy they have, how much happier they are, how much more positivity and vibrancy they have in their lives. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day, like you said. They started to learn to love their life. Yeah. No, and, and, and every single human on this planet is meant to love their life. But how, how few people actually learn how to love it. That's the thing that makes me sad. And that's the thing that drives me is that I want people to understand you too can love your life, but only you can make that happen. And it takes, it takes work. It takes action. It takes you deciding. It, it takes you choosing your heart. I love that saying. You choose your heart. It, is it hard to be overweight? Absolutely. Is it hard to not eat the sugar? Yes. So which one is your heart? No, you choose. True. It's true. I just uh, posted about this fairly recently too, is we all yeah. have two choices, the weight of discipline or the weight of regret. The mm. difference is the weight of mm. discipline weighs an ounce. The weight of regret weighs tons. And oh, I love that. There's, you know, everyone has the choice, but if you choose the easy path, if you do the easy things, the convenient things, you're not going to be happy long-term and it's not going to serve you long-term. No. So by getting outside your comfort zone, putting down the effort and overall the just discipline and mental fortitude to make those hard choices, whether it right. be a workout, whether it be getting to bed early, whether it be not drinking and staying out late, whether it be dialing in your nutrition, whatever it is, there's so many choices that we make on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis that dictate how you will feel and how you perform all the time. At the end of the day, it's a lifestyle and people want quick fixes. They want magic pills. They want, you know, drink this, whatever. And, you know, don't even get me started. But the, the fact is that there, there is no quick fix. There's no magic pill, no magic, you know, elixir of life. Like you, humans were meant to move. So you don't have to go and kill it at CrossFit. And in fact, a, a lot of people are killing their cortisol, their adrenal glands by exercising too hard, but we're meant to move. We're meant to move daily and we're meant to eat whole foods that are from the earth. We're not meant to eat foods that have fake ingredients in it that get into our cells and make our bodies dysfunction. And at the end of the day, we're also meant to rest, have sex and enjoy people. Like it's not that complicated guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you have to be intentional about making those changes and that this is why people like you and me exist. I love helping people guide them on that journey of becoming healthier, happier versions of themselves. It's so true. And I absolutely love it this, in the same way. And, and that brings me to one point. So I get a lot of questions in email and DMs of people reaching out to me saying, Hey, Ryan, you know, I'm not happy with my current career path. I want to do yep. what you want to do. I want to help people get well. I want to improve people's lives and have a more fulfilling career. What do you suggest? What types of classes should I take? What types of mm. uh, programs should I go to? And, and you being kind of gone both extremes, both on the modern medical system and on the more the health and fitness coaching side, how would you answer that question for someone that comes to you and says, <laughs> That's a great hey, question. Yeah. How do I get to where you're at? I want to help people in the best way possible. 
You know, I, I think that's a great question because, um, so I, I have two different approach or styles that I coach. So one, I do private coaching where it's just me and I, I, I coach in a group setting and then I have one-on-one clients. Right. Um, but I also partnered with a company that believes the same thing that I do, that it's lifestyle, it's exercise, nutrition, and supplementation. And that's, I'm sure, you know, the, the company Beachbody. So I have customers that are my Beachbody customers. And then I have customers that don't want to do Beachbody that are my no fuss nutrition, um, clients. And either way, both both of them, you know, I, I, I always tell people I'm a doctor, but not your doctor. Um, I'm literally just like a coach. Think about it. Did you play sports? I imagine you play sports. You look athletic. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you, a coach helps you, tells you what to do preseason during season, directs you so the team can win and then directs you what to do in postseason. Right. So a health and wellness coach is no different. I, I love Beachbody because it gives people that don't have a whole lot of tools to be able to take their passion to one, get healthier on their own journey and two, take other people along that journey with them. And then, you know, like you, you've got so many tools yourself that you can take in your own coaching pathway. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to have a medical degree or any kind of special degree to want to help people and how to do that looks different. And especially nowadays with social media and with the, the different options that people have. I mean, you know, there's, there's a few, I'm, I'm trying to think of a few different examples just on YouTube of like people that don't have a medical degree, but are helping millions of people by putting out good information and helping them. And, uh, you know, it's, there's so many different ways to do it. Would I go back through medical school knowing what I do now? Absolutely not. <laughs> I probably would have, it, it would have fit me better to go the naturopathic way. Um, but I'm grateful for my experience. It's made me who I am today. And it's also given me um, a different perspective and, and an ability to, speak to people from almost both aspects, you know? Yeah. It does give you more authority because people do still, our society still looks up to medical doctors and physicians to be the top tier of of medical health and of healthcare. So it it does give you that authority. And I do see the value in that, but I tell people the same thing. If you're really trying to help people get well, oftentimes that system can kind of hold you down and can handcuff you in a lot of ways and prevent you (laughs) from doing the things I tell people to do. And that's where I think different coaching programs and just self-education is what I always tell everyone. Just reading books, listening to audiobooks, attending lectures and conferences and symposiums, mentoring, finding someone that's doing what you want to do and trying to mentor with them where they can. That's one of the ways I expedited my learning curve was mentoring with a naturopath who had 30 years of practice and really brought me under his wing and taught me so much so quickly about how to help people get well. And so I'm always telling people the same thing. In today's day and world, you don't need special letters after your name. You don't have to be a doctor to help people. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And in fact, most of the stuff that I use to help people was not learned in medical school or residency. And it really, it comes from a heart of, I, I truly give a damn about helping people at the end of the day. And, and you know, the opposite of growth is death. And so I, if you're not growing constantly and learning every single day, you're, you're on the wrong path. And so, you know, the, everything that I have learned about natural approach to taking care of your body has been post-medical school and residency, but I've been intentional about reading a ton of books. I listen to podcasts. If, if someone like, I'm sure, you know, Sean Stevenson. So Sean Stevenson Mm. has one of the best, um, podcast health podcasts called the, uh, model health show. Um, 
I respect his opinion. So if he interviews someone, I will typically go follow them and learn from them. I mean, it's, you know, like attracts like, and I've, I've gotten to meet so many amazing people and learn from so many amazing people by constantly growing and being intentional about constant growth. Any profession you're in, self-education is the key. If you're Absolutely. a plumber, if you're an electrician, if you're an auto mechanic, or if you're a health practitioner, what you learn in your conventional schooling should comprise a very small amount of yeah. what you actually use in your practice or in your day to day, because that's the world we live in is things are constantly evolving. Yep. Things are constantly changing. And it's all about educating yourself and looking for resources where you can learn and grow and, re- and just gather information that's going to serve you and serve the people that you're helping. Amen. Amen. So true. So true. I'm, I'm so sad that you're in San Diego and I just know you now since I used to live in Newport beach. (laughs) We, I would totally want you to come uh, up and and let me interview you. I I could, I could uh, do an interview this way for my own podcast. One other thing I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned some great resources in terms of books and people that you follow. Are there any others that have been the top two or three people that you've really learned a lot from that you could direct the audience and listeners to? Yeah, no, I, I love Dr. Mark Hyman. Um, he is an MD, but he's, he's Western medicine trained, but Eastern medicine minded. He's an integrative medicine doctor. Um, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, she is also an MD, but um, she's integrative medicine as well. Um, Dr. Jolene Brighton, her specialty is, is birth control, the, the female, all of the female reproductive stuff. She's, she's written a, a couple of really great books. Her most recent one was really great because I have people asking me about the birth control pill all the time. Um, man, there's so many. <laughs> like Those are the first three that, that, that popped to mind because I, I follow them pretty well. And anytime they come out with books, I always read them. Yeah, those are great people to follow. I also have learned a lot from their work. Well, this has been absolutely awesome, Lauren. I want to value your time. And um, I really appreciate you coming on today. And where can the listeners go to learn more about you and your work and working with you? Absolutely. So if they want to work with me, the the best way to go is my website, the Lauren Fitz. It's F-I-T-Z, L-A-U-R-E-N-F-I-T-Z.com. But on social media, I do a lot of teaching on my Instagram. That's actually my smallest following um, at Dr. Lauren Fitz, and that's D-R, Lauren Fitz. Um, uh, My YouTube channel, I I do both my... upload my podcast to the YouTube channel as well. Um, but I have a lot of good uh, free fitness videos. Um, if they want to dance with me, that's club fits fitness. And then my like page on, um, on Facebook is club fits fitness as well. But my podcast is the fits and healthy podcast. And I've got a, a ton. I mean, I think we're on episode 200 or something like that. So I've, I've gotten interview a lot of amazing people on the show and, um, it's, it's a great free resource for, for people that are wanting to learn. Yeah, I was diving into some of your work and your interviews prior to this, kind of preparing some questions and talking points. And I got to say, I loved what I was hearing and reading. And so I highly recommend everyone listening in, check it out. Thank you. I'm humbled by that. I appreciate you very greatly. (laughs) Well, great talking with you, Lauren. Great talking to you too. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening in. You can find the show notes and resources at thrivingwellness.co slash podcast. We encourage you to share your biggest takeaways with us on social media and share the show with your friends and family. If you found this episode valuable, leave us a five-star review. Your feedback helps to support us on our mission to positively impact as many people as we can with this information. Join us for our next episodes where we will be interviewing leading wellness professionals to inspire you in your health journey. Until next time.